Hello, and welcome to a bonus episode of Mortals and Portals. I am your host, Zach, and joining me is... Adam. Joel. Taryn. And is Ryan, and Ryan. here? Yeah, and Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's, <laughs> Ryan's on vacation. Here too. Ryan's not here. Well, he's just on mute and we didn't tell him, so he's just... No one can hear him. But anyway... This is a bonus episode <laughs> of Mortals and Portals, uh, so this is not an official episode, this is not a continuation of the campaign. Today we're going to talk about Pathfinder and why we are using it, and we are going to describe the key differences between Pathfinder and D&D, so if you're a D&D player and you have no intention of playing Pathfinder but you want to follow along with this podcast, we can explain some of the key differences. Um, because there's really not that many differences. There's a few um, that go a long way, but D&D, Pathfinder, uh, they both exist using the same core system. So you could I thought you were just going to stop just there. <laughs> they both exist. <laughs> they both exist. So uh, here any we questions? Are. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah. So we're going to each talk about some of the things we like about it. It's just kind of a discussion. It's a little informal. Um, so yeah. So first of all, I am going to tell you a brief little history about Pathfinder, and by brief I mean like a couple sentences. So, Pathfinder came about when D&D 4th Edition launched, because a lot of people didn't like 4th Edition. They liked the the previous version, D&D 3.5, which is a revision of D&D 3rd Edition. Um, so this company called Paizo came along and they had been doing things in the tabletop RPG space. A lot of them used to even work for Wizards of the Coast, D&D and things like that. And they said, all right, we're going to take D&D 3.5, which everyone likes, uh, since they're all mad at fourth edition right now and capitalize on that. And we're going to expand and improve upon some of the rules and make a revision of 3.5. So it's very similar. And that's how Pathfinder first edition came to be. So just so you know, both D&D 5e and 1D&D or whatever they're making now and Pathfinder 2nd Edition, which is what we're playing, are all built upon the same foundation of D&D 3.5. So they're each only a couple editions removed from that. So they all share a very strong root and they all obviously use the D20 system. So right away, if you are a D&D diehard, which is what I used to be, you couldn't pay me to try Pathfinder. I was like, I play D&D. I know all the rules. I love it. It does everything I want. Just know, even if you turn your nose up at Pathfinder, you're both basically playing the same game because they have the same core genetics. And yeah, it's very similar. So you should feel right at home hearing a lot of the terminology and rule sets and things like that. And turns out every single rule... Uh, for Pathfinder 2nd Edition is available for free on the archives of Nethys website. So there is absolutely zero barrier to entry. And the character creator tool that we use called Path Builder is also available for free. So you can find all the rules and create a character for free. So I was like, hey guys, do you guys want to check out this game? And everyone was like, yeah, sure. Let's check it out. And that led us on our Pathfinder journey. So we were all set up to make this podcast using D&D 5th edition, like for real. Like we <laughs> even did a test session using 5th edition rules. We switched. He actually said, last do this or you're out. <laughs> right. Yeah, do it or you're out. And it was like, so, God, it was like a week before we started recording, maybe. Yes, that is actually correct. Uh, side note, I actually accidentally spent an entire day reading 1st edition rules. Uh, so that confused <laughs> me <fool>. thoroughly. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Cause the day before I read second edition, so I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, learned it all. 
Uh, and then we all just started trying it. And now we want to explain to you why we love Pathfinder and some of the key differences. So I've been talking long enough. Does anyone want to, you know, kick it off with one of their favorite differences between Pathfinder and D&D? Well, I think probably the most obvious one, at least in my opinion, is the three-action combat system. Absolutely. And I absolutely love it because most of the time it feels no different than D&D, but there's certain moments where had we been playing D&D, you know, we'd be limited on what we can do in one single turn. Uh, For instance, you know, let's say you're getting into a combat Generally, you'll probably run up to an enemy and attack them. And then maybe you have a bonus action or a second attack or something that feels pretty much the same. The the turn doesn't seem all that different. But once you're engaged with an enemy, had we been playing D&D the next turn, if I had one attack, I could try to hit them. If I try to move at all, they get opportunity attack, you know, or something like that. Yeah, and if I only have one your attack, action to disengage, and then you couldn't attack. Right. Things like and that. then you couldn't, yeah, and then you couldn't attack. And then if I have one attack and I miss, sorry, that's my turn. Maybe, you know, maybe I get them next time. But with this three-action system, even if I'm already engaged, I could potentially attack three times or I could attack once and come up with two other creative. It just, I yeah, it opens it up to more creativity and allows you to do more in combat, which I love. Yeah, so quick, uh, just quick rundown on that. Like what Adam's referring to is the three-action economy. So in D&D, you'll have like an action per turn, a bonus action, a reaction, and your movement. And then what Pathfinder does is just calls basically all of those things in action and then gives you three of them. And you can spend them however you want. So if there's a turn where you don't have to move because you're a melee fighter and you're already up to the, the person you're attacking, you could spend all three actions attacking if you want. And the way they balance that is with each attack after the first attack, you take a minus five penalty. So you'll add all your modifiers, then minus five. So basically, by the time you get to the third action, you're minusing 10. So then it encourages you to do something even more creative with your third action because you probably won't land your attack. So you can do all sorts of things like grapple, trip, shove, disarm, demoralize, which is like attempting to intimidate someone in combat. So it really just encourages a lot more diversity in combat where in D&D you feel like you're wasting your turn if you don't attack. And I think, Taryn, I think you'd be a great yeah. person to talk about this because you're so, like, as you guys will see with Waltz in combat, he's all about He's the master of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that a lot because uh, I think you can even see in, like, episode five that I'm kind of editing right now, um, I really like, like, looking for what I can do. So it's really cool to have, like, a search action. Um, I still got to, like, attack in that encounter or in that like turn and then I could like look more because like I didn't roll like the greatest on my first search so it's a lot of fun to like be able to um, not just use my whole turn for a perception check and then if I roll bad like I did the first I couldn't do anything else so instead of just rolling a perception check for my whole turn to get like a really good observation of like the battle and everything I got to do that didn't roll that well where normally it would have been over I still got to attack and then I got to you know try again to look for something a little bit more specific in D&D like nobody ever is like I'm going to spend a whole turn doing a perception check because right. they don't right. that just feels like a total waste because you only have one action but Pathfinder accounts for that there's an actual mechanic for scanning the battlefield and relaying information things like that so yeah what, what's something else you guys have really been enjoying about Pathfinder 
I mean, the amount of classes. I mean, I know I picked a pretty boring combo. You know, I picked a kobold rogue, which you could have done in D&D 5e, but there are... I don't know if Azarkettes exist. I've never heard the name. I've never heard of that before. But you know, there were ton like pages of races and pages of classes, and then even within that, the amount of customization is ridiculous. Like we're level yeah, one, so and I was able to pick a bunch. I felt like more like as I was building it, I thought surely I'm doing something wrong because I shouldn't be able to do be able to do this much stuff at level one but it's all true like it's you can there is an insane amount of customization for your character yeah in D, a lot of times people will just skip straight to level three because like i always can did. barely yeah. do everything yeah level one level was boring one. but we were shocked when we were making our characters at level one it's like you can do all that stuff at like level yeah. one so just you felt way way more powerful way more for options sure. and yeah joel that kind of segues into something if ryan wasn't on vacation he would love to talk about in fact he asked me to talk about it is all of those character options so ryan is always someone that's had a very specific vision for what he wants his character to be like and so in D, a lot of times we were working with archetypes so you pick a class and then you pick an archetype and then basically once you pick that archetype at level three it more or less locks you into a build all the way to level 20 you can pick different spells and things like that but you're you're more or less on the same path so when we were creating characters in D D. Hopefully there was an archetype template that matched his vision and we'd have to do a lot of reflavoring. Sometimes I'd have to give him a magic item and like we would just count that as some pseudo ability that he wanted to make his anime-esque character, but not count it as an item. You know, you had to find sort of different ways to get in there. But in Pathfinder, I'm confident you can make a build that matches any vision you have because they just do away with multi-classing and just like archetype template format. Basically what you do is you you build your character, you know, you pick your class, you have your basic class stuff and you pick class feats and these feats you pick can put you down an archetype and then you can commit to that archetype for a bit and then pick a different feat and borrow from another archetype and then you also get your ancestry feats and like your heritage and all these other things so you can combine all these different branching paths and take little snippets from all these different things and create a character that incorporates things from all sorts of classes, all different types of archetypes, and so on. So the, the customization is uh, next level. And that can be a lot if you haven't played tabletop RPGs, but if you're someone who's invested in like D&D and you've kind of always wanted a little more or you feel like you've explored a lot of what it has to offer, this is like, it's it's just kind of groundbreaking. You're like, wow, now I can finally create all these ideas I've had and uh, not feel like you're just making the same character as anyone else who picked the same archetype. It's just satisfying when, you know, you create a character in D&D and you're limited by what's there. So you just like add these bits of flavor that like either you're reskinning something or just kind of making like a new role almost. But when you're creating a character in Pathfinder, like you find so many things. There's like, this is exactly what I want for this character. And then it just makes it so much more real and less like... I don't know, like you're just making a ton of stuff up and you know what I mean? Am I making any sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, because a lot of times you have to do all this sort of gymnastics and homebrew and all this, like as as a DM, you have to make a lot of choices to try and accommodate what the player wants. Whereas in Pathfinder, there's actual support for it. There's like literally just so much tools for the, the GM. There is actual rules on if your player's like, I want to switch my class. There is rules for that. Obviously, you don't have to use them if you don't want to. You can homebrew whatever you want. But uh, if you're someone that takes comfort in knowing you're using like 
the game system to justify like how you're doing things. That's all there as well. And then just another thing, we already kind of touched on this, but how do you guys feel at, like in terms of power as level one characters? Because obviously Pathfinder has greater modifiers and health and AC and things like that. So do you feel like more powerful as level one characters already? Absolutely. As level one for yeah. sure, yeah. The modifier, like I, I don't have my character sheet in front of me, but okay, now I do. Like my thievery and my stealth, gives me or my reflex save gives me a plus nine modifier which wouldn't happen until like level 20 and like you're the i don't know i mean i know i know it all shakes out in the end but you're playing with bigger numbers so it's more fun bigger number equals better it's just right? it's just less like you feel when you're level one in D D and you have some skill that you're supposed to be good at and then you get like a plus two modifier if that at level one and then, you know, some situation comes up where you're supposed to use that skill and everyone in the group knows you're the guy to do that. And then you roll and you roll really poorly and then you feel like an idiot. Right. It's just so unsatisfying <laughs> mm-hmm. to not be able to do the thing that you're supposed to be good at. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, these big points. modifiers help mitigate that, right? If you have a plus nine, Absolutely it's going to be really do. hard to fail that check. Yeah. And Joel, like you're saying, like, maybe it all washes out in the end. Actually, like they built the system in such a great way where really what that's doing is establishing greater disparity between you as someone who's trained in a skill and someone who is not. So in Pathfinder, like you can pick a skill and then you can become like a trained expert uh, master or legend or something like that. And each one of those levels will grant you greater bonuses. Plus, if you're at least trained in something, you always add your level to the role. So for the guy who's supposed to be good at stealth, he, as he levels up, will always get to add at least one more every time he levels up versus the person who's not training it can't do that. So there is an actual greater gap. So like what you guys are saying, we're in D&D, you'll add your proficiency bonus. So you could have like plus two decks and you're proficient and now you get to roll a five to your stealth. And then the someone who's plus two decks and not trained gets to run a plus two. So you only have a gap of three. But in Pathfinder, that gap between you and that person who's not trained is way higher. So you actually feel like you are better at these skills than they are. So you can build a more complimentary party and feel like you excel at the things you invested your character in. And that that goes for attack rolls and your AC. You add your levels to things you're trained in. So you really feel like your power skills because in D&D like your AC basically stays the same forever right. unless like, you get really good armor yeah yeah so if you're level 20 the reason you survive fighting hordes of goblins is because they hit you a bunch and you have a lot of health and Pathfinder the reason you survive is because they cannot hit you because your AC is adding your level and you're a high level and they're a low level goblin so you actually feel like you're this superior character I was just going to say like, so just on my character sheet right now, and it's so cool for like your background, which like adds to the stats of your character and kind of gives you different like bonuses for, you know, things like society checks and stuff like that. Like I created a butcher and it was so cool that they had butcher. They have like so many different ones. So you can find exactly what it was that like your character plays and it like adds more flavor to how you play him too. It's like you already had this idea and then there's rules or like ideas and and things like reinforce exactly how you want to play your character, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned balance. So in the D&D community, there's a lot of talk about marshals being underpowered compared to spellcasters. And I feel like a lot of that's true because you get all these powerful spells, utility spells, and so on. And then usually the marshal can just run up and swing their sword at someone. But in Pathfinder, like if you're a marshal and you're you're supposed to excel at combat, you will. Like the fighter has an ability where they can just 
do a power attack endlessly. They have infinite uses of power attack. They can spend two attack actions into one attack, and if they hit, they get to double their damage dice automatically. And you're like, yeah, why wouldn't they be able to do that? They're literally a dedicated sword-swinging fighter. They should be able to deal a lot of damage whenever they want because obviously the wizard can go swing a sword too if they want. So why wouldn't the fighter be way better at doing that than the wizard? So like all these changes that we've talked about, yes, some of them have been something that we have to remind ourselves or like learn and and you'll get to kind of listen to us figure those out as we go. But the majority of them, different from D&D, but the core is the same. And so... Like, yes, our modifiers are higher, but that doesn't change how we do it. We're just adding more numbers to, you know, what we'd normally be doing in D&D. And like, so all these things, it's like the changes are great, but it feels so similar. I have to remind myself that we're playing Pathfinder instead of D&D. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Going from D&D to Pathfinder, not hard. So if you already know how to play D&D and you want to explore other stuff, it is not going to be hard for you to switch to Pathfinder. That's not I would imagine that DMs have the most to switch from. You know what I mean? Like as a player, it yes. didn't feel no, very yeah, different easy. at all. Right. And I could I could definitely elaborate on that. Like as the DM going to GM for Pathfinder. Yeah, not crazy. Like you understand a lot of the same concepts. They might address them differently. But just overall, like the amount of rule support Pathfinder gives you is insane. I, I just love it. And then the, the main one I want to talk about is encounter building. So in D&D, this is for my DMs out there, if you're building an encounter, you have something called challenge ratings in the monster manual. So if a monster has a challenge rating of four, what that roughly means is a party of four level fours should be able to beat this fairly easily if that's the only monster. And that's just about all the system actually tells you. So people have made tools online <laughs> to help you a little bit more with that, but that's not supported by the actual rules of D&D. That's just people trying to sort out this horrible system. So what Pathfinder does is they give you an XP budget. So every level in Pathfinder has a distance of 1,000 XP. So there's no like level 2 to level 3 is harder to get than level 1 to level 2. Like it's not, it's just every time it's 1,000 XP. And then so the way the monsters work is the amount of XP they're worth is relative to your level. So they have a table and it's like if your party is this level and the monster is two levels less then it's worth this much. One level less, this much. Same level, this much. One level more, this much. Two levels, this much. And so on. And then you have an encounter table that says if you want to build a hard encounter, then you get this much XP to spend. So then you just look at your XP table and you look at the monsters and what level they are Hmm. relative to the party and you spend that XP until you hit the budget that you want to make the encounter difficulty you want. And I've tested it out. Like I think we've done about between our test sessions and our official episodes, like five ish combat encounters, man, they've rung true. And that level of clarity is so helpful to me because as a DM and D and D, there's been a ton of times where it's like, I thought this would be easy, but they're all almost dead and I might kill everybody. Or I thought this would be really hard, but this guy (laughs) has one hit point left. This is a joke encounter. So that alone, like I think is just a phenomenal tool set and just super refreshing that they actually took the time to figure this out for you because they got to make things easy on the GM. The GM is like runs the game. If you make all your GMs mad, then nobody's going to run any games. So they're like, let's make this make sense. So thank you, Paizo. Great system. Love Hashtag it. not sponsored, but could be. <laughs> Dude, I, okay. We can talk. And, yeah. Oh, and then one other difference for you guys um, is how crits work. So in D&D, the only way to get a crit 
attack is you roll a nat 20, and that means you get to double your damage die in combat. And then what Pathfinder does is if you beat the DC, so the target you're rolling against by 10 or more, then you critically um, succeed. So we're talking about higher modifiers. So as our players level up and they're fighting lower level things, they're going to be able to blow through their AC by 10 and they'll get a lot more crits. There's way more swings in combat, and that's what makes combat really fun, those dramatic swings that just bring all that energy and life to these encounters that are really fun. All right, and then the last thing I want to say before we go is I think Paizo is just an awesome company, like the way they've set this up, giving all their rules out for free. They just want you to play this game. They want you to try it. So yeah, just, just try it out. We love it. It's been a ton of fun. So yeah, we just wanted you to know the key differences so you can follow along if you're interested. And we also would encourage you to try it because it's super fun. And if you don't like it, you can just go back to D&D. So yeah, that's why we're playing Pathfinder. And that's why we love it. So thank you for joining us on that rant. And we'll see you next time, mortals. Mortals.